0: Welcome to Inspiration from American History with Rebecca Price Janney. Today's story is that old-time religion. In the years just after the birth of the American Republic, many people set out to conquer its vast frontier, risk-takers like Daniel Boone and George Rogers Clark, and individuals in search of land and livelihood. There were also ministers, who, above all, desired to care for the pioneer souls. All of them faced daunting trials on the frontier. There were few schools or churches, and hardly any other trappings of civilization. In the late 1790s, James McGrady, a Presbyterian pastor, oversaw three small Kentucky congregations In addition to organizing camp meetings to meet the religious needs of the frontiers people living long distances from their nearest neighbors. The outdoor meetings lasted several days to allow settlers to come together away from their everyday hardships to receive fellowship and spiritual nurture. News of these assemblies spread by word of mouth from people who had been convicted by by McGready's challenge to repent of their sins and accept Jesus Christ. And soon, pioneers jammed the outdoor services. In July 1800, while he preached to his Gasper River congregation, McGready told them about the revival that had broken out during camp meetings he'd just conducted. Many of those who attended had become convicted of not knowing Christ even though they thought they were Christians. He said, It was truly affecting to see them lying powerless, crying for mercy, and speaking to their friends and relations in such language as this, Oh, we were deceived. I have no religion. I know now there is a reality in these things. Three days ago, I would have despised any person that would have behaved as I am doing now, but, oh, I feel the very pains of hell in my soul. This was the language of a precious soul just before the hour of deliverance came. The following year brought what one scholar has called the greatest outpouring of the Holy Spirit since the day of Pentecost, as McGready and several other ministers preached at the Cane Ridge Revival in Kentucky. Although the clerics had anticipated a large crowd, even they were astounded by the turnout of between 10 and 25,000 people, most who had come from great distances over treacherous roads. The Cane Ridge Revival was nothing if not dramatic, including times when rowdy detractors would suddenly fall under conviction of sin and collapse as suddenly as if struck by lightning, sometimes at the very moment they were cursing the proceedings. The meetings went on day and night without let up, and those who were converted often captivated the preachers by giving their own gripping testimonies. At times, the shouts of the people repenting were so great they could be heard for miles. These services marked the beginning of the country's Second Great Awakening, a revival that would spread through the gaps and over the turnpikes and down the rivers, wherever men traveled, whose lives had been profoundly altered by what happened in Kentucky. It persisted throughout the 19th century in various ways and times, dominating and defining American culture. One of its dominant aspects was an emphasis on heaven and hell, the latter of the fire and brimstone variety. This was the essence of that old-time religion. Throughout history, it has been God's good pleasure to use improbable conditions and unlikely people to reconcile the world to Himself. It is no surprise then that a major movement of His Spirit in the United States began in Evans Mills, New York. Its citizens liked their preachers to be as they were, conservative and reserved, very much status quo. The Women's Missionary Society of Western New York sent them a steady supply of temporary pastors who came for a few months at a time, delivering sermons in the schoolhouse that doubled as a church on the Sabbath. The most notable was Charles Finney, a lawyer and native of Litchfield, Connecticut, who had undergone a powerful experience of God's presence in 1821 while reading the Bible. He soon took up preaching, managing to upset the educated clergy with his bluntness and unconventionally fervent delivery. He was known to preach at people in the audience, for example, piercing them with his eyes as his six-foot-plus frame towered over them. Finney didn't seem to care much about other people's opinions of him a quality that he took to Evans Mills in 1824. At first, Finney preached before small and polite gatherings at the church, but he quickly became impatient with their lack of an earnest response to his trenchant sermons about sin and salvation. During one evening service, he issued an ultimatum, I won't stay here another day, Unless you repent and receive Christ, state your intention by standing. The people were so stunned by the strange exhortation that no one moved, let alone stood. Finney shouted at them, Then you are committed. You have rejected Christ and his gospel, and you are witnesses one against the other, and God is witness against you all. The people weren't used to such a display, and they demanded Finney explain himself. He refused. After several minutes, the minister said he would return the next night to speak to them once more. The majority of the town, including the most committed of the believers, said he'd gone way too far, except for one man who told Finney he thought he'd given them exactly what they needed. All the next afternoon, those two men prayed together for God to guide the pastor, and that night a large crowd came to hear what he had to say for himself. Later, Finney recalled what happened. The Spirit of God came upon me with such power that it was like opening a battery upon them. For more than an hour the word of God came through me to them in a manner that I could see was carrying all before it. It was a fire and a hammer breaking the rock and the sword that was piercing to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. I saw that a general conviction was spreading over the whole congregation. Many of them could not hold up their heads. Contemporary Americans are uncomfortable discussing hell at all, with many refusing to believe a loving God would send anyone there. Finney, however, spoke boldly about hell with the hope that such plain speaking would usher as many people as possible away from it, and the public accepted his messages. Thank you for joining me for Inspiration from American History. I'm Rebecca Price Janney.